Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview inspiring people from the music industry. We follow their journey from their very worst job to present day and find out what makes them them. That roar was from Afghan singer-songwriter, TV personality and activist Ariana Saeed. Ariana Saeed is one of Afghanistan's biggest pop stars and is also a judge on The Voice Afghanistan and The Afghan Star. Ariana is an inspiring woman who uses her profile to campaign for women's rights. She speaks across the world about the experiences of Afghan women, shirking expectations placed upon her, defying death threats and enduring scrutiny right down to her choice of clothes. She continues to perform music in Afghanistan, a country where music was banned until 2001 and has won multiple awards for her bravery and activism. Believe it or not, Beth, before I walked in that field, I accepted that today I might die. Ariana's story is inspiring and harrowing in equal measure. Born in Kabul, she fled Afghanistan when she was eight years old with her family, went through Pakistan and then stayed in Switzerland. After her family's asylum case was rejected, they hired a smuggler to get into London where they finally settled. Ariana has made it her life's mission to fight inequality across the world and in her home country, Afghanistan. So we start the podcast the same way for everyone. And okay. um, it's always, what was your worst job? To be honest with you, I, I, I never had uh, many jobs in my life because I started my, my singing career earlier on. Uh, I might have done, you know, a few odd jobs like working at a receptionist when I was in college um, on the weekends, but it was okay with me. I mean, I was okay with that job. And right now my job is singing and I love my career. So I have never had really any worse experiences with job, to be honest. Did you always have in mind that you were going to be a singer? I did. Um, I always wanted to become a singer um, from childhood even. Um, I used to be uh, what you call the entertainer of the family when I was uh, at the age of four or five. Uh, my mom says that I used to sing and entertain my mom and the guests, whoever came around our house. And, you know, I would say the, the take the, the spray bottle uh, and perform in front of the mirror and things like that. So I always wanted to become a singer. Definitely. Could you have imagined when you were working in reception, that you would have this whole journey? My gosh, no, I don't think so. Uh, what happened was, uh, Beth, um, as I said, when I was a child, I always wanted to become a singer. But then when I uh, became almost like a teenager, like 12, 13, 
at the age of 12, I think I was sent to Switzerland all by myself uh, to um, join my sister who used to live there. And because I was away from my parents, I had a godmother there. My godmother found out from me that I used to love music and I wanted to become a singer. So on my birthday, she took me to um, a church where there was like this choir singing these songs and performing and everything. So she got me to watch it throughout. And then in the end, she was like, how did you like this? I was like, oh my God, this was beautiful. I loved it. She was like, okay, so guess what? Do you know what your gift is for your birthday today? I was like, what? She, she said, you have the admission to sing along with this choir from, our, from now on. And I think that was the most beautiful gift I have ever received in my life. So I started singing with this choir, but then later on, my family, they forced me to leave the choir and forget about singing altogether because they said, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to have to concentrate on your studies and plus this is out of our culture and this and that. So they forced me to leave the choir. And then back to your point, when I was working as a receptionist, those days I didn't even think I would one day pursue a career in singing and if I would be allowed to do that. So never, ever, I thought that I'm going to be who I am today. I mean, you've had such an amazing journey. And you're also, you do so much great work with women and human rights activism. Yes. How did that start? How did that part of your journey begin? Well, I was born in in a family uh, where I was surrounded by so many female figures Uh, Like I have six sisters and there was my mom as well. And then I don't have any brothers, but just uh, my dad, who used to be um, of an older age because he got married really, really late. And from an earlier age, we were thought that we have to like really, really be strong and stand up for ourselves and defend ourselves since we were living in a society that was very male dominated. So I think as much as I think that a strong character is a gift from God, but then my experiences uh, throughout my life and the fact that I was surrounded by these strong women and everything that really had an impact on my character as well. Believe it or not, when I first wanted to pursue my career, it was it's so funny that I was really young, but my intentions pursuing this career was like, okay, I'm going to start singing and then mostly my songs are going to be about peace and it's going to be about making a difference and it's going to be for humanity and this and that. It was a part of my my character. Do you think that there's any more progress to be made on the front of women's rights right now absolutely some way or other the whole world we can find you know societies and people that are being affected because of the gender issues but this problem i think is the biggest in countries like afghanistan where women are being um, discriminated uh they're being abused and beaten and there's like forced marriages, there's like underage marriages where they get these little kids as 11, 12 to get married. And these issues are really big. I mean, as much as people like me and others are trying to bring forth a change in there, there still has to be a lot of work to be done. But I have to be honest, uh, since the regime of Taliban and the fall of Taliban, actually, things are uh, a bit better than what they were. Uh, I don't know if you can recall during Taliban, women were not allowed to even walk outside on the streets by themselves 
forgets about working or studying and things like that. So things are uh, definitely better, but uh, a lot of progress has to be uh, made for things to really change and become even maybe a tiny bit closer to how life is for women in Europe or abroad. Up until 2001, music was banned in Afghanistan. Yes. What is it like being a singer in a country that not so long ago, no one was really able to sing? Before the Taliban, music uh, used to be a very normal part of the society and the part of life for, Af- for Afghans. But then, obviously, when, when Taliban came, everything went upside down and, and nobody could, could sing anymore. And I mean, in general, women could not do anything, um, let alone singing. Like anything they would do was a problem. Now, to be able to, to go back to Afghanistan and be able to sing, you know, not as freely as the singers get to sing here, obviously, uh, it's still very challenging. I cannot, for example, go out there and just have a concert, like an outdoor concert, for example, or I cannot perform the way I want to. So things are still very challenging and very hectic. Uh, but just to be able to still go out there and try, you know, to bring the singing uh, back within um, female, um, it's it's a big thing for me. It's such a blessing. And I hope that we can continue to make more progress uh, and uh, I have to say it hasn't been um, an, an easy journey for me. I have had to face death threats. Uh, I have to face discrimination. Um, I get online threats that they would put acid in my face and things like that. It's definitely not easy but the fact that the majority of people are open to, to female artists now and the fact that they support me that actually make up for all the negativity and that's where what gives me drive and the energy to um, follow my steps further. Do, do male singers ever get as, as many problems with this? I'm so glad that you asked this question because there's something I wanted to mention and no, they do not have any issues uh, uh, nor any problems singing. Like they, uh, they can do whatever they want. They can even make videos uh, with like thousands of naked women around them. <laughs> Nobody would question them. Nobody would say, why are you doing this? So they have all the freedom they want. And unfortunately, the women are the ones who, who would uh, face issues with anything. So you have quite a diverse background in terms of living in so many different places have has all these different cultural influences affected your music definitely it has um affected my music funny enough um when i said to you that um i was sent to switzerland uh, at a very young age that's when i first got introduced to pop music and i got introduced to all these amazing female singers like jello and destiny's child uh beyonce and Shakira and all that and I was like oh I was like so wow and so you know like positively impacted by them and their music and and everything and I think one of the main reasons why I pursued my career was this pop music that I got introduced to uh, but then later on when I went back to Afghanistan in 2012 that's where I got to hear the pure traditional Afghan music, which also, you know, um, 
became uh, a part of my career because I started doing traditional music, like Afghan music. So yes, my music has definitely been, been uh, what do you call it, somehow influenced by different cultures and different genre of music and everything. And uh, I'm very thankful and grateful for the fact that I've been able able to to uh, travel around the world and, and uh, that I have been in these different countries and that I have experienced this all the, all of this and how much has your experiences as as a child and adult affected your songs in terms of your inspiration for your songs and your music in general it has affected me a, a lot beth i mean um, you can only imagine uh, being 12 and sent away all by yourself to a strange country that you've never been before and coming from a family uh, you know a traditional family from uh, a country where people are extremely impacted by religion and by this extreme culture, which is not a, a bad thing. But again, religion and culture sometimes can be taken too far by extremism. And those things, they affect people. And, you know, whatever that I experienced with during my childhood in Afghanistan. And then we became like refugees to other countries. We had to flee the country because of the war and everything. Uh, I mean, it's going to be too much if I tell you the details. But before we have left Afghanistan, our house was like hit by a rocket because this was during the war when we left. I mean, so many things happened to me and to our family at a very young age. And that kind of made me grow up so quickly. I have already, like by the time I was a teenager, I had seen so much already in my life that maybe a person here would not see in a lifetime. So uh, yeah, I, I say, you know what, taking the negative things aside, I, I always try to take it positive And I feel like those were the things that made me who I am today, for which I'm very grateful for every experience, no matter negative or positive. That's a great stance to take. You must have found it difficult as a child having those experiences and moving to a country where people perhaps didn't understand those experiences. Did you did you find that difficult? I found it difficult, definitely. I mean, I remember when I when I was living in Switzerland, I mean my my classmates and my friends they used to complain about these things that didn't even mean anything to me. And it was not easy to make them understand, but then again they were so sweet and sympathetic towards me when they heard my stories and they were so interested and then so shocked you know because I remember my teacher had told me to prepare this presentation about Taliban and the war in Afghanistan and a bit of my own experience over there and I remember when I did the presentation uh, it was for an hour I had to talk and I presented this with like photos of the Taliban cutting people's hands and legs and this and that and everybody was like so shocked. But after that, they, I don't know, but I think they did understand me, but maybe not to that extent. But um, they were very sweet and very kind and very sympathetic towards me and what I had been through. Most musicians have to deal with things like trolls and haters. But as you said, you've had to deal with so much more than this. How does that affect you? I mean, at the end of the day, we're all uh, human beings uh, and things you know, would affect me exactly the same as it would affect other human beings. And, and it's not easy for me. 
it has gotten to a point where I, I've thought, you know what, I'm just going to run away and leave this whole thing. But again, I mean, I always keep on asking my question, you know, what is the reason why they're showing me so much hatred? What is the reason why I'm getting these uh, threats? Why do they want me to leave my career and run away and sit in a corner? I mean, I might uh, be doing something great here. I might be a strong person who is impacting the society with my work. I may be in somebody who is, you know, uh, bringing forth change and maybe getting these women to, you know, wake up and realize that they're human beings and they have the freedom of choice and they, they should fight for their rights as a human being. So all these things, when I think about it, then I'm like, okay, you know what? I am doing something right. And no matter what they say, I'm going to continue, especially because my career and my music is not just for me, it's for a cause. So for that reason, it's it's something so important to me that, you know, like inside me, I I feel like, you know, I have to I have to carry on for people and for the society and especially for women. You're so courageous. In your ah, thank you. <laughs> you absolutely are. Do you ever doubt that ability to to impact or just in your music or yourself? No, not at all. And I think the the reason why is because of the results that I have uh, seen and that I've um, gotten from the work that I do. And those results, whenever I look at it, I see the impact that I'm uh, having over the society, especially in the lives of Afghan women who don't even have a voice of their own. And whenever they hear me or they, you know, they, they, they listen to my songs or to my messages, you know, like it's, it does something to them and it makes them stronger. So the, this result that I see and the stories that I hear uh, from people it just, you know, it just tells me that uh, I'm doing the right thing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So the quick fire round. Tea or coffee? Tea. Music or lyrics? Music. Cats or dogs? Cats. Creativity or logic? Both. Plane or train? Oh my god, I love both, but I would say plain. Sweet treats or savoury snacks? Savoury snacks. City or countryside? Countryside. 
Matching or odd socks? Um, <laughs> matching. <laughs> Guitar or piano? Piano. Friday night in or Friday night out? Friday night in. Modern or vintage? Modern. Black and white or technicolour? White. Moose or mouse? Uh, <laughs> moose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast where I give you a fact about our guest. And in this episode, we've covered how the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan in the 1990s. Now, this was not a straight out ban, but it was extreme music censorship. For example, in the city of Herat, musicians had to apply for a license to perform music and it specified what type of music they could perform. So, for example, they could sing specific types of religious music and Taliban chants. However, they could not perform music with a musical instrument. This cuts out a large amount of music, so no love songs, no songs for dancing, and it stipulated that everything must be sung without amplification. You had to be quiet. However, music could be performed by male musicians in private parties, indoors, women not at all. Music was hardly ever performed on TV and at the time there was only a couple of hours of TV being broadcast anyway. If there was music being performed, the names of the performers were not announced and instead of seeing their faces, a vase of flowers would be shown. When the Taliban took hold of Kabul in 1996, a lot of public orders came into action and people were banned from a lot of types of music. So you weren't allowed to play music in shops or hotels or on rickshaws. And if you were found with a cassette, then the shopkeeper, for example, would be imprisoned and the shop would be shut down. And if someone was found to be playing music at a wedding, the head of the family would then be arrested and punished. Now, the Taliban fell and music began to re-emerge. Everything from traditional music to modern hip-hop and rap. Music is allowed on television, on shows such as The Voice of Afghanistan and the voices of women are beginning to be heard. As I mentioned in the introduction, Ariana is a huge part of this movement, including being a judge on The Voice Afghanistan. Your creative process and putting together a song. How would you start? How would you go about that? I used to write my my own songs before when I started my career. So obviously first I would... um, it, It either started from writing or it or started with a melody, like a composition. For me, it can be either way. Sometimes I make the composition first, and then I go and write the lyrics for it, or I write the lyrics and then compose it. Um, but nowadays, I have, uh, thankfully, I have this amazing writer uh, who is in Afghanistan, a young guy, very sweet and kind guy, very talented, uh, who writes my songs. Um, uh, he has written most of these songs that I've uh, sang for women's rights. Um, so what I do is like, for example, I think of a topic and I call him, I'm like, can you write for me about this topic? And he goes, yeah. And then he goes away and then comes back with this amazing lyrics. And then I take it and then I make it into a composition. And then I send the composition to my musicians or to arranger. And then they arrange the music and then I sing it at a studio. 
that's how I go about it. So you spend half of your time or a lot of your time in the UK and Canada and then a lot of your time in Afghanistan. Do you find a difference in how people receive your music in different countries? Definitely a major difference. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's two things I would like to mention. One is personal, um, how things change from Afghanistan when I come to, to Europe or to other parts of the world. Uh, and then the the other side is my music, how it's received. So basically, when I'm in Afghanistan, uh, I am like a prisoner within my own walls. Uh, I cannot get to go anywhere. I have to be indoor all the time, surrounded with bodyguards and harmored vehicle and this and that. So whenever I come back home, when I when whenever when I come to London, uh, believe it or not, just going to a cafe and grabbing a cup of coffee feels like such a blessing to me, you know, just to be able to breathe and go outside with freedom and not be scared of your life um, and not be scared of the risks. It, it feels like so much change and it feels so great and makes me, you know, want to thank God constantly for what we have here and that we should be grateful for. Uh, and then in terms of receiving my, my music, I would say, uh, believe it or not, majority of people in Afghanistan might love and appreciate my music even more than those who are abroad because in Afghanistan, there's not much of a happiness of posit- or positivity. And the one thing that brings happiness to people is music and these talent shows on TV and entertainment. So I think my music is really appreciated over there and my presence in in shows as uh, like Afghan star, I'm one of the judges there. And just my presence there, it brings so much, you know, smiles and happiness and positivity. Uh, But then again, Afghans all around the world, they love my music and the fact that I'm able to go and perform at concerts live for them everywhere that I want. That's something amazing. And I wish someday I can do that in Afghanistan. So you also sing in three different languages. Yes. Would you ever consider singing a song in English? And is there a difference for you in singing in different languages and how it feels vocally? You know what? I would love to sing a song in English, obviously. I think my my weakest point always uh, has been that I always say to my manager, you know what? I have such a bad accent in English. And if I try to sing in English, it's going to be like so awful. And he's like, no, it's not really as bad as you think. (laughs) But uh, no, I would love to sing. In fact, I'm actually working uh, on on an English song right now. Great. I'm not going to mention it. It's a very famous old song uh, uh, of Hollywood that people love. And it's one of my favorite songs. So I'm trying to sing that both in English and in Farsi and let people hear it and and see how they receive it. Um, And at the same time, uh, yes, I can sing in Hindi um, because I spent a few years of my life uh, as a child in, in Pakistan. And that's where I learned the language. And also we, we tend to watch a lot of like Bollywood movies. Um, that's where I learned Hindi. And uh, yeah, English I can sing, but I doubt myself, I guess. <laughs> I don't have the confidence. <laughs> oh, you should go for it. I'll be looking forward to your English song for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, please, please. <laughs> Another amazing thing that you've done is that you sing live. And that's been something that's quite different in Afghanistan. Why is this important to you? 
when I went back to Afghanistan in 2012, I think this was after the fall of Taliban. Uh, so basically what, what happened there was uh, playback music had, had taken a very wrong turn in Afghanistan and all the sing singers, um, most of them actually would just go in the studio, fix the, their voices. You know, they were taking basically the whole space uh, where there was absolutely no space for the real singers with real voices and real talents. So when I went there, I went, you know, with something completely new, like uh, with a whole band and with live singing and um, with the great live musicians and everything. And I think at the end of the day, there's something about live music. I'm sure you would agree with me that, you know, there's the essence, there's the originality and there's the feeling, which is the most important. And you, with live music, you can touch the hearts uh, and you cannot do that with play, playback music at all. So I think w when I went with all these new things, uh, it just touched people, people's hearts. And then I, with, with this new thing, I was able to get people to really understand the meaning of real music and live music. And from, from, where, from there on, I, I feel like there's, there has been a change now that where um, in the industry, people know the difference between the real singers and the ones uh, whose voices get fixed by computer, uh, which I think is a big deal. Now, do you ever get anything like performance anxiety? Or do you, because they're so important, all these live gigs for you, do you just feel like, I'm just going to go and do this? I do get anxiety um, and a bit of uh, and a bit nervous. Um, obviously, first you're always thinking about, okay, is my show going to be sold out? This is one thing that's in the back of your head that you want it to happen. Uh, well, that but that's not anxiety. It's just a feeling that I get usually. Uh, and then when I hear that my show is sold out, obviously that. Uh, nervousness is gone but then right before I want to step on the stage maybe the last few seconds that's when I really get anxious and I get nervous but then once I go on the stage everything just vanishes and I just start being back to myself and I enjoy the minute I start my my performance something happens I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> so what has been your greatest challenge in your career so far I've had many challenges of course uh you know, within my career. But one of the, the things that I think for me was the biggest challenge was the fact that in Afghanistan, people always used to look down upon female singers and they never gave them that respect that they deserve as a female artist. And for me, my, my one number one priority was always to change that fact. I always wanted to do things to make people to understand that a female artist can be a good, of a good character, of somebody that has to be respected, you know, that they have to be somebody that uh, is a normal human being like everybody else. And over the years, I think with uh, the moves that I've made, with the things that I've done, I have been able to somehow change the perspective of people a little bit, but there still has to be a lot of work done. We're still not there. But you know what? I, I think I, have, I might have been able to, to bring forth just a slight change to that. On the opposite side, 
what's been your greatest success? Uh, I actually got to perform uh, in a football stadium where Taliban used to execute women. I think for me, that performance was one of the highlights of my career and something that uh, actually made history. That must have been scary, though. How did that feel? Oh, my gosh, it was really scary. Uh, Believe it or not, Beth, before I walked in that field, I accepted that today I might die. I, I might just get shot. But, you know, this thing about me like this was so important to me that you know what I thought you know what anything that happens today I'm going to do this and um, I guess God is by my side and and he sees that I'm not doing anything wrong Uh, you know nothing happened and I I'm still here and I'm laughing and I'm talking thankfully uh, but it was scary. It was a scary thing to do because, you know, when you when you walk into a football stadium, obviously it's an open air area and anything can happen. I mean, anybody can carry a gun or a knife or anything and they can just shoot you there. Um, so I had accepted death when I when I walked into that field. I mean, that's a lot more than most singers can say. And I think you're doing some amazing work that um, is so important and so empowering for women across the world. I appreciate it. I, you know, sometimes I, when I look at all these big female artists from around the world, and I really envy them. I'm like, wow, they, they have such great careers. And the fact that they're not worried about their lives and they, they don't have any risks to take. And they might have some of the most luxurious and most beautiful lives with so much freedom and so much ability to do so many things. But again, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm whatever that I'm doing, I'm, I'm, uh, it's impactful, that it's, uh, it's bringing a change. It gives me the satisfaction. And, I'm, and I say, you know what, one day I'll be like, maybe like those singers free. <laughs> if you could wake up tomorrow, having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? I want to wake up with an ability to change the world in a way that there would be no war anymore. Like, I, I want to see a peace, peaceful world. That's all I, I want and wish for. If you could wish for one thing for women, what would that be? I want women to certainly be equal to men. I don't want there to be any, you know, discrimination towards women or looking down upon them because of their gender Uh, I want there to be, you know, um, gender equality uh, throughout the world. That's what they want. If you had advice or one piece of advice for young people entering the music industry, what would you say to them? They have to work hard, like really, really, really work hard to be able to get somewhere. You cannot just sit back and wish for things to happen. You have to take action. You have to work hard. You have to work with that gift that has been given to you. And, uh, you know, always follow your heart. No matter what people say, follow your heart and do the things that you desire and that your heart desires. That's really nice. I love that. Thank you very much for chatting to us today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Big thanks to Ariana and her manager Hasib for setting this up. If you'd like to check out her music, please do head over to her website, which is arianasaid.com, and you can also find her on YouTube and Spotify.
Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. It helps us share these amazing stories with more people. If you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at goodjob@bethroars.com. And if you'd like to get early access to some episodes, some early access to some of the things on the YouTube channel as well, and would like to support the podcast, please do head over to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash bethroars. Once again, massive thank you to Ariana and Hasib, to James and Kazra at One Fine Play for the initial edits, and to Tom Court, my amazing producer who's worked so hard on putting these podcasts together. And once again, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.